Hi, I'm Helen Wright, and I am a rugby coach. I believe that sport can be an excellent medium for the growth and development of human beings. But, like all things in this world, the only constant is change. I believe that sport delivery and coaching in sport has to change to adapt to the changing world around it. This podcast is about sport and coaching and change. What has changed about coaching female athletes or male athletes, athletes who identify differently than that? What has changed about coaching children or adults? What has changed? How will we change? Let's begin the discussion. Hi. This is Helen. I am back for a second podcast, and let's see, answer the question, why do we coach? The first podcast, we answered the question of why do we play, and now we're going to answer the question, why do we coach? Why do we get involved in this whole teaching end of things, and what what's there to be gained from this, and why do we start, and why do we quit? So... Um, Today, that's what we want to talk about, and I think that the first reason that we coach is because there seems to be a need. We go to the gym, the field, the rink, wherever, and we watch someone we know play something. And sometimes it's our own children, and sometimes it's someone else's children. It doesn't really matter who. It, It just matters that something brought us to this place where we can identify that there's some kind of need. Perhaps it's one scattered parent trying to organize something that looks like a practice and sort of desperately trying to herd the cats that are bubbling with all kinds of undirected energy. And we can see there's a need. Here, let, let me set the cones for you. Or let, me, let me just get the balls, the pennies. Oh, my God, I'll get the pennies. And the kid who is running around at the top of the stands, it's okay, I got them, right? And we see the need, and we genuinely feel an urge to help. So we offer... So we offer, and generally in the early stages of playing and coaching, we're often accepting anything that looks like help. They sincerely appreciate it and welcome anyone who is willing to step forward and assist in getting this activity or game or practice into motion. And with that first engagement, we experience the very first reward of stepping forward to help. Gratitude. At the beginning of our experience, the gratitude is generally authentic and sincere, and it makes us feel good to contribute. If the gratitude were to actually come from a participant, we feel such value that it kicks into gear all the psychological responses that accompany the feeling of joy. It just makes us feel good, and so we open up to the idea of helping more often. And we're now hooked into getting that good feeling as much as we can. Soon, we're doing and contributing more and more until we are part of the leadership team. To be clear, the leadership can become as simple as two overwhelmed parents or as structured as a complement of coaches, assistant coaches, and managers. The team, the sport, the level, none of it matters. If the engagement is a positive experience that provides us with a little shot of feel-good juice, that all comes from being valued. Okay, so now we're in it. We've crossed the bridge from spectator to participant. Our contribution might be as minimal as bringing oranges or as in-depth as running the drills. But we are part of it. 
We are no longer watchers of the activity like we were when we were spectators. Now we have a stake in the experience of everyone else involved in this enterprise. The first step of engagement is complete. We are hooked. We are in. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on why we get engaged because that is a whole personal psychological discussion on its own. Maybe our ego says, hey, I can make this better. Maybe we feel empathy and we just want to help the individual who's overwhelmed. Maybe it just looks like something fun that we might want to do. Whatever the reason we stepped up, it's not as important as the reason we stayed. Because the reason we stayed is the main fiber of all volunteering. It made us feel good. We felt value. Feeling valued is a source of joy. And joy is what we're all seeking, whether we know it or not. So, at this point, we aren't very much different from the participants involved. We have engaged. We want to continue to be engaged. And the question now is about expanding. It felt so good to be valued for contributing. Could it feel even better to contribute more? Could we expand our knowledge? Could we be better at this? Could we contribute even more? Could we experience our own growth and development? Could that translate into a better experience for the participants? Could we help to contribute to a positive experience for the participants in their expansion? One of the many roles of coaching leadership is teaching, so we conclude that to teach, we must first learn. And we're off. We are taking coaching courses, we're getting certification, we look for ways and means to expand our own knowledge and experience so that we can better expand the experience and learning of the participants. It's usually at this point that we don't even know what we don't know. We are so busy gathering information and accumulating knowledge that we don't even consider whether the information is appropriate to our environment. I remember going to um, a coaching clinic in Vancouver. And at the time, the New Zealand coach, Laurie Maines, uh, was telling us a story about him coaching Waikato against Auckland. And he had come up with this strategy to minimize scrums and lineouts. These are these contests for possession. And of course, the bigger you are, uh, the more probability there is that you are going to gain possession. And so he came up with this idea that if we don't have these set pieces, if we just have this continuous play happening, then we will continue to maintain possession of the ball. And so Everybody was so excited. This was a new way of playing. This was this sort of continuous action, and, and it was, you know, magnificent, and, and what a great thing to do. And, and so we learned at that coaching clinic how to, how to play continuous rugby with the idea that we're not, we're going to minimize the set piece, and we're just going to play this action-packed, wide-open rugby that everybody loves, and that was such a good idea, and we spent the whole weekend doing it. And it just occurred to me at the end of the weekend, I thought, well, i just ask and see if this did it work. And so I asked Laurie, so did that work? Did you, like, did Waikato then end up beating Auckland? And he looked at me with this look on his face, and he goes, no, actually it didn't. We lost to them in the end. And I remember thinking to myself, talk about flavor of the day 
right? So you get this whole new vision of how this game should be played. And you go and you take it back to your team of great big power people who don't want to run around the field continuously, who actually love lineouts and scrummages, who want to be in those spots. And that's where they contest. But it doesn't matter. We're playing the flavor of the game. And so, you know, this is what Lori Maines is doing in New Zealand. And that's what we're going to do here in Edmonton, regardless of the fact that every one of our forwards is at least 260 pounds. And the idea of running around the field is ominous to them. What a joke that was. And so I guess um, in all of this expansion, and it's all so wonderful, and we're helping our players to expand, and we're expanding, how come we aren't feeling that good feeling that launched us into this whole thing to begin with? At the beginning of our engagement and expansion, the value and joy uh, that we felt was unconditional. Just being there and stepping up and helping was good enough to receive that positive vibe. But once we started the whole expansion process, we created our own expectations of what the results of that expansion should look like. So now we've moved um, from ourselves, from receiving that unconditional appreciation and value of just showing up to do something much different. Now we have expectations. We learned all this stuff. We took all these courses. We invested all this time and energy. We taught all this stuff to our players. How do we verify our collective expansion? How do we prove that we're better than we were? Well, here comes the great lie that we have all accepted is true. Success, we measure our expansion by how successful we are. And what does success look like? It looks like winning. And if we are expanding successfully, then our players have to be expanding successfully too. And now that's an entirely different experience for everyone. That intrinsic feeling of joy resulting from appreciation and value just might not be forthcoming. In order to win, you may have to make decisions that don't enhance the experience for the players. In order to win, you may have to be criticized as opposed to being appreciated. Don't misunderstand me. Winning is fun. Everybody wants to win. That is, in fact, the function of the game. But when the outcome of the game is more important than the performance of the players, the value of expansion is lost. Expansion is about getting better. It's about all of us getting better together. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. If we coach based on winning and losing, we become slaves to the outcomes and give away the joy that comes with the process of simply getting better. Expansion. So engagement comes first. We step up. We find appreciation and value that gives us enjoyment, and we stay. Then we expand and we get better, and that growth can be seen in performance. The enhanced performance provides everyone with that same source of joy, value, and appreciation. So then why do we quit? We quit when we realize that this activity no longer provides the value and the joy that we first encountered. We quit when it just isn't any fun anymore. When we don't feel valued or appreciated. 
Sometimes it takes us longer to figure that out because our egos are so invested in the success saga that we don't even notice that this is no longer a positive experience. We think we have to take more courses, learn more of the latest, greatest techniques, surround ourselves with better staff and better players. We start doubting ourselves, start blaming, start judging, and we start being so fearful of losing that we can't even enjoy the wins when they happen. Because there's so much pressure from inside and from outside, and that whole thing gets going and it's all gone to hell in a handbasket. Until we figure out the point of the whole experience was never about winning. It was about engaging, enjoying, and expanding. But really, mostly just enjoying. And so that's me for the second podcast. We'll be back and we'll be talking to different players and different coaches about various topics in the future. Again, if you want to click the like button, please feel free. Well, that's a wrap for this session, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please feel free to tick the like box because that lets me know if anyone out there is listening. You can also find these podcasts on my website, barefootflying.ca. That's B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T-F-L-Y-I-N-G dot C-A. If you want to add your opinion to the discussion, feel free to email me at HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. That's HelenWrightRugby at gmail.com. Talk to you soon. Be well.